0: Hello, this is Cody Manning. You are listening to the Ruthless Wrestling Podcast. Well, hello there, folks. Uh, This is Cody Manning with the second episode of the Ruthless Wrestling Podcast. I apologize for the uh, long delay here on the second episode of the Ruthless Wrestling Podcast here today. But it is here, and I'll find on. Posted out to Spotify real soon enough. But anyways, uh, for today's episode, we are, co- are going to be discussing about a few interesting topics at hand. Including a potential in-ring return for a cool Caribbean for the WWE. As well as Randy Orton laying, at, laying down an intriguing open challenge to a certain... Hollywood star within the from the wrestling world. And we'll also talk about the risque topic in regards to Jeff Hardy's DWI arrest and his unknown timetable for in ring return. We'll also talk about the three reviews that we've taken place. One that's already taken place about my thoughts over Bound for Glory back in on uh, back on October 20th, as well as new matches confirmed for Wrestle Kingdom 14, and my quick predictions at the end of the show over Ollie Wrestling's full year pay-per-view. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the thought, my personal thoughts over Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory as of this year. Well, it wasn't as good as last year's in twenty eighteen, I really enjoyed a few amount of matches they had on this pay-per-view light. Like, Naomi Shumar Fuji versus Michael Elgin was match of the night material to me. Uh, I know other people might have their own match of the night, but to me, Elgin versus Mara Fuji was definitely my match of the night. Uh, the triple threat tag team match came close as well as the main event between Cage and Callahan, but it, it didn't have the intensity in the ring like they did with between Elgin and Marfuji on on this night. Uh, the only only weak point I had of the show was this. This excuse me for my language. This dick spot by Joey Ryan with the other wrestlers in the ring and the, uh, the Call Your Shot Opportunity gauntlet match. And the, uh, weak point of Moose versus Ken Shamrock, while it was understandably short for the time being, I kind of enjoyed... Once or twice in the match. But I didn't get the appeal of it. It's just me. I I don't know. Moose. To me Moose puts on. Still performances here and there. But mostly. He's a bit above average. In terms of his technicality to me. I'm, I'm just saying. Besides those two bullet points. On my notes here, I really enjoyed Pit- Battle of Glorious of this year. I really enjoyed Elgin Elgin Marfugia, as I just said. Uh, while it was spot festy. I did enjoy the ladder matches, were was quite entertaining. The Triple Threat Tag Team Championship match was really good, as well as Brian Cage versus Sammy Callahan. As for my personal rating, I give it V plus right around between three and a half and four stars. That's the way it felt to me. That's all I gotta say about it because I wanna get some of the other topics at hand on this show today. But it was really great showing I, I cannot admit that from Impact Wrestling. Looking forward to see what the what this this company has to offer in terms of their in ring talent and all that. So now I get to talk about the recent DWI arrest on Jeff Hardy. And if you aren't aware by now, Jeff Hardy has a bad track record in terms of his drug use and the professional wrestling business. Where he, where it ended up him getting fired originally back in, way back in 2003 then he came back in 2006 and then he had like two or three drug suspensions of the the wellness policy where he ended up getting excuse me released back in late 2009 which led him to go on over to impact at that point early 2010 but more recently he has been in trouble under the law once again but. I've pulled my notes up here from um, RingsideNews.com, as I have here uh, the following statement provided: Jeff Hardy was arrested in October for driving while impaired. This was a really tough situation, where hoping for the best. He had court today, but all he learned is when he needs to go back. Wrestling Insider reports that Jeff Hardy now has another court hearing on December 5th. In Monroe County, this will be concerning his DWI charge. I mean, I'm to say probably Monroe County. Hardy is out of action with a knee injury. They sustained on April 20th at the Daily house show, where Lars Sullivan was given credit for it during the storyline. Whereas three weeks, more than weeks later, Lars Sullivan was out with a knee injury as well, but This has led to a family feud of sorts between Matt Hardy's wife, Revy and Jeff Hardy's wife, Beth, where they threw some bombs at each other over social media. Now, all I'm gonna say about this is that Jeff needs some serious help. He needs to. If he knows what's good for him in terms of his future with WWE, he needs to get serious help after this court hearing over his DWI arrest, and I don't know when Jeff will be able to return back in time before Road to WrestleMania, let alone right before WrestleMania, because he might be... I'm going to get in trouble or go to rehab of some sort. I don't know. I just want to say I wish for the best going forward for Jeff. I really would like to see the guy at least retire on good terms. Well, not right now, but at least within the workings of his current status within the WWE alongside his brother, Matt Hardy. That's all I mainly have to say about Jeff's DWIRS since it is quite a risque topic to talk about on the show. Before I go forward with uh next topic about WrestleMania 14, I talked about on the first episode about AEW's dark show with Taz, the guest commentator, I watched the other day. And he did really good. Now I, I always enjoyed Taz. on color commentary alongside Michael Cole, and then alongside Mike Tina over in Impact back in 2010 to 2012, I believe. Until Mike Tnee retired, then Josh Matthews came along as the play-by as their new play-by-play guy, but. Nonetheless, I really enjoy what he did with the other commentators on the show, which I imagine at the time was Excalibur alongside Taz, which is a really great pairing. And that's all I gotta say. But good job to Taz as guest Color Commentator for this for their, their for their dark show. Now, as we move on forward to the Next topic at hand on this episode of the Versus Wrestling Podcast. Wrestle Kingdom. With some confirmed matches for the show at hand. As for this year. As for the following year. It will be the first time. Under two dates. Back to back. As they announced it earlier this year. That, they, that it would be. Take place for two days instead of just one. And the cover art for Wrestle 14 is in the background with Juice and Thunder Liger. Since in 2020 it will be his final year in professional wrestling. As he retire after many years in the business. I would imagine at least in the 80's where he was wrestling within the... Junior heavyweight rankings from then on to few with the likes of El Samurai, Tiger Mask, Dynamite, uh, not Dynamite, yeah, Dynamite Kid, Pegasus Kid. This goes on and on. We could be here forever. But, anyways, you got my point. As for the first show, it was announced recently. It's going to be an eight-man tag match with Jushin Thunder Liger teaming alongside Tatsumi Fujinami, the great Sasuke, and Tiger Mask alongside El Samurai. We're taking on a team of Rusuke Taguchi, Nayake Sano, Shinjiro Otani, and Tatsuhito Takaiwa with Kun- Kunaki Kobayashi. Kabay- alongside with them and then and then there was announced recently as Hiromo. uh returned in new Japan and I watched the in ring return uh just yesterday on returning after laying down the challenge in in his in its weird way uh to a challenge. Will all spray for the IOGV World Championship at the first night of Wrestle Kingdom 14 as of 2020? But at the end of the show, it was all four of the main headliners of Wrestle King, uh, not Wrestle Kingdom, of New Japan by this point, which are G1 Climax winner. Kota Tetsuya Naito, current Inter- IHB Intercontinental Champion, Jay White, and current IHB Heroic Champ, Kojutsuka Okada. And I really liked the way Okada recently tried to poke fun at Naito when he cut this bit of a promo upon... Naito. Wow, Jay White and Kodobushi were still within the same ring as Okada. Would would talk about how let's let the fans decide for the vote on what they want to see for the main event of this year, and then he would then he would look straight at Naito in the face and say, "Naito, you remember that vote, don't you?" I, I thought, wow. This man is trying so hard to get Naito to tremble like that. But Naito will be fighting Jay White for the IWGP Heavyweight. Not IWGP Heavyweight, I'm sorry. Uh, to fight Jay White for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship at hand while Kobushi is cashing in his IWGP Heavyweight Championship contract via his victory at the G1. Climax Final last year when he will be facing on Okada. But also, also Chris Jericho recently returned at a more the most latest New Japan pay-per-view where he issued a, a match against Hiroshi Tanahashi at... Wrestle Kingdom 14, and of course, Hiroshi Tanahashi accepted the challenge where Tanahashi will be facing Chris Jericho on night two. It's going to be interesting, at least to me. Now, with that being said, i will be intrigued to see what these two can do, as it was, it was either this or Okada versus Jericho... That I was looking forward to. But well, moving on, moving, I'm on, moving along. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, well, will be re- re- fighting on night two, where it will be his reti- official retirement match. As re- uh, to wrestling 14, it will be no more Jushin Thunder Liger fighting in New Japan for wrestling, as he will retire from entering competition. And before I move on to the headline of the night two for WrestleMania 14, my thoughts upon it, uh, I think Rapongi, no no, Rapone 3K did not win, uh, it was El Fantasma and Ishimori winning the best of, I think it was called Best super juniors Tag Team Tournament, or something like that uh where they won in the finals from the picture I looked at more recently i have gotten more used to the product re- more recently that's why I'm looking up upon notes upon notes of wrestling articles over this stuff as they will be challenged they will be defending the i d g p g cha tattoo championships against roppongi three k which is Shawn yo will be Imagine Rocky Romero at ringside. For commentary perhaps. Either that or he'll be at actual ringside area. For. Reponging 3K's corner. As. I don't know. I haven't followed. These two teams in the longest time so. I have nothing but just wish for the best. For a quality match for the fans. That's all I got to say. Now. For the headline of night two, whoever wins both belts at Wrestle Kingdom's night one, it will be the IDOGP heavyweight champion taking on the IDGP intercontinental champion to crown the first official double champion in New Japan for wrestling and Lemme just state this While it is a cool concept In mind I do not Want a double champion For my company I want to establish my My Major singles championship As the most prestigious belt With my mid card championship For whoever Either don't want to fight for the big Gold belt or Fight or fight amongst the lower major leagues of the world t- championship picture. Not just combine both of them and just leave your roster with nothing to fight for. If you get what I mean. Like I wouldn't mind just this once, but it can't happen for that much longer. It's just going to devalue your both of your belts to a certain degree, at least in my perspective, since I've seen Chris Jericho as WWE, World Ch- as the undisputed day champion, and that didn't last long. Where he had like two defenses at best against the same two guys he f- he defeated for the for the gold before losing to Triple H Mini team. I know it's not. The solid point there that I can go on and say, like, says Ron was a double champion twice now, might I add, or somebody else, but you get my point. What the point is, no matter what, that if, like, for example, Kada Ibushi wins, then Naito wins against Jay White, it'll be Ibushi versus Naito. But if Okada retains, then Jay White retains. It'll be Okada versus Jay White. But if Okada retains and Naito wins the belt off of Jay White, then there will be Okada taking on Naito. Which to me would be the most invested I would be into it. I wouldn't be invested into Ibushi versus Naito as I've seen it before. Jay White, I've, I'm still trying to grow on. Even though, I imagine he's a enjoyable heel at times. While I wouldn't be a type of guy that would watch his match back to back to back. And of course, but, uh, but Okada, he's a phenomenal wrestler. I think he would work well with Naito for the Dober Championship. I know I don't decide these things. Gato does, or whoever does the head booking... New Japan. Nonetheless, I wish nothing but the best for these four performers. At WrestleMania. I was about to say WrestleMania. What am I even saying? At Wrestle Kingdom fourteen, when these four collide, and those, oh, by the way, whoever loses both matches will fight each other. I guess that's an impromptu battle for the show. But nonetheless, he will be. An enjoyable show at times. I will say that. At least for Liger's sake, since I've always been a fan of Jujutun Liger's in ring work, per se. That's mainly all I have to say about Wrestle Kingdom 14. I will be watching, at best, if not on the same day, I'll watch it the day afterwards, which will be probably around the 6th. In my own spare time. Now. The next topic. I have to talk about. Is Randy Orton. Where his Instagram. Has been the. Stuff a topic for wrestling fans. In recent weeks. Especially with this tease about. This post. On his. Instagram. Profile. And I have it here right here to see on my phone. Excuse me for a moment. Where it where it says elite in the uh, behind him where he's looking to the side of it. And the caption reads TikTok, TikTok, where he tags Elias. They're both the revival, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, Luke Harper. Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, and oddly enough, Riddick Moss from NXT. Why, of all people, you would tag Riddick Moss? Since I don't think that good of the guy. He's just a rookie at best. But, besides that point, we're not talking about that. We're here to talk about this post on John Cena. Where was, he was on the cover of a magazine called Sky Delta where he or as the caption reads on the magazine, Up for a challenge and then Orton would caption with the thing of saying, I'm on a flight to London to see this striking young man asking him the question. Why yes, at John Cena, I'm up for a challenge. Are you? Let's say, Oh, I don't know. Hashtag WrestleMania 36 maybe. Or does Hollywood have you booked solid? Hashtag WrestleMania 36. Now, while I was... A bit... Iffy on the challenge... It's been a while ever since... We've seen Cena Wharton fight in the ring. But I imagine both men have experience in the ring well enough by this point to put on at least a decent show for the fans I will watch if it does happen I will watch to not critique what these guys do in the ring and just try to enjoy what I can I'll go down possibly between the leader of the Steen Nation and the Viper. But I thought that was an interesting thing to look to see on social media since Orton's been known to be a tease at times. And as you see in a recent a small Joe promo where he he breaks character like after like he talks on Orton, Jeff and Ali so dang good. But they'll be intriguing to see what will come out of this. Whether it be a tease or an actual match that will take place. And then we come to the next to last topic at hand in regards to today's episode. Where Carlito has been fighting for the past few years in Puerto Rico under his father's promotion, the World Wrestling Council WWC, where Savio Vega recently talked with Hannibal TV. As he noted, the that has reached out to Carlito to see if he is interested in returning to the company, as Vega will go on to say that they tried to get Carlito back Ve- Vega talked to Carlito last week when he was with them. He said, "Brother, go there and get a contract and get whatever money is higher." Every year because you're not going to get that kind of money I imagine on WWC or some sort like that. However, this is not the first time Carlito has turned down an offer of the WWE, but now it's all in wrestling competing with the WWE at stake. Carlito will likely get a better offer this time. The forty-year Carlito gets regular really bookings around the world. He used to work the show for the Wildcat Revolution promotion in Louisiana. And he works shows for Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico, like I just said a minute ago. Carlito, if he agrees to terms, will be on his way back to the WE while his brother, Primo, and cousin Eddie, aka Epico, are apparently on their way out. As noted earlier by. Salvia Vega where they were, they were finished up with the company. Well that could be already done. But it's not been announced yet by the WWE. And then they provided a photo of him recently. Where, uh, on Instagram that he showed up on the set of ABC's The Goldbergs. That would be intriguing to look at that. Photo. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. I really would like to see Carlito come back in the WWE. But I have to say that honestly, I imagine he's fine on his own within Puerto Rico at the time being, as well as the Wildcat Revolution wrestling promotion mentioned in this wrestling article from. WrestlingNews.co I loved Carlito during the Ruthless Aggression era Where he was known briefly as Carlito Caribbean Cool Before being shortly renamed to just Carlito Carlito is an interesting character to say the least When it comes to recognizing his personality From watching old tapes of the Aggression era. But if he does end up signing with WWE. I imagine he'll probably start out as a veteran. At first. Until they try and find him something where he can blend with today's roster. I'm just going to say that. I don't expect that much for them to. Give him a bit of recognition and praise in the company. As Shelton Benjamin returned in late 2017. To be his such partner for Shorty Gable. Fully known as Chad Gable. And he hasn't had much success. To say the least. Since coming back. But it will be entertaining to see what this guy can what they what they can offer for Carlito in today's wrestling. That's all I gotta say in regards to the any interesting topic about Carlito being a potential signee in the future for the WWE. It'll be entertaining to see him in the World Rumble match. But that's all I gotta say about that. And now we come to the final topic about this, today's episode of the Ruthless Wrestling Podcast. As I'll be going over the Full Gear review that will be, that'll be provided on November 9th by Full Gear, which is today. Which will be later on tonight over at the Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. As there's a grand total of eight just taking place, with seven on the main show, I'll briefly talk about each match and my prediction. As I haven't watched a single episode of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite, yeah, I haven't watched any of it yet. The only the only thing I've been experienced to from All Elite Wrestling's Dynamite was two things: the debut of Inner Circle and Cody Rhodes recent promo on Chris Jericho, and it even got praise from legends such as Booker T and Jim Cornette. I wanted to see what was up, and he put on a great promo. I I can't deny that. The, I I can't deny the fact of that. At at mind. Let's go into the. Matches are uh, taking place here. We're starting off with the kickoff. The zero hour match taking place for full gear. Which will be a Priestley taking on Dr. Britt Baker DMD. As let's see here. Britt Baker. I imagine this match will, this match will take place with Bea, Bea Priestley hitting her on the noggin which caused her a slight concussion from the blow to the head but in terms of the winner I believe will be on the show will be Britt Baker winning the match against Bea Priestley in the Zero Hour and we'll take this brief break for just a quick moment Sorry, folks, about that brief interruption. But back to the page for you to talk about in terms of the main show. Where it'll be the Young Bucks taking on Proud and Powerful, which are Santana and Ortiz. Where my brief prediction will be Santana Ortiz. Excuse me. As. Santana Ortiz has recently debuted in all Elite Wrestling. And the Young Bucks are... Well, the Young Bucks. So, I imagine they'll take a loss since their, name is, since their names are practically the Young Bucks. That's all I can say about that. For the AEW Women's Championship on the line, Riho defending against Imai Sakura. And let me just say. I'm not interested in this match. I don't mean to be rude to both women that are fighting for this belt. For all it wrestling. All I'm saying is. I am not a fan. I'm not a fan of what's going on. Between Riho, Imar Sakamura, and their Joshi women. Maybe I'm just a guy that just wants actual female talent instead of just the women the fe- well, the Joshi women I'm not used to within my Re- Redmond's wrestling promotions I check up on every now and then That's all I'm basically saying I'm not disrespecting Riho, I'm not disrespecting Ima Sakamura. I'm not disrespecting the Joshi woman. I'm just not used to the Joshi wrestling style. But if I had to pick a winner for this match, I would have to go with Riho. Since she is the student and basically they're probably trying to build this off as the teacher... Losing to the student. Or it's coming for a full circle. Between these two. Uh, I, that's all i got to say about this encounter set. Wish for a great match between these two. I'm sorry if I seem rude. I'm just not used to any Joshi women outside of Asia Kong. It, it within my thing. If you know that my only... Three people that I know from the Joshi wrestling style is Kagetsu, Hanakamura, and Angel Kong. Then you know that I'm not familiar with the Joshi women at all. But moving forward, recently crowned AEW World Tag Team Champions, still talent-censored, which are Frankie Gazarian and Scorpio Sky. Will defend against the Lucha Brothers, Bendagon Jr. and Phoenix, and Private Party, which are the team of Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. And I'm intrigued by Private Party, as I've heard plenty of great things about these two dudes from many of my wrestling friends over on Wrestling Amino. Make sure you download it if you haven't already. But, anyways. There's also the Lucha Brothers who took out Sinister defeated in the finals to win. And be crowned the inaugural AEW World Tag Team Champions in the history books. With that being said, Silk and Sinister is going to retain. It's only inevitable. I think it's going to be probably one of the best potential matches of the night. And I'm intrigued to see... How far Private Party will go to at least try to win the belts off of these guys at the full gear pay-per-view. I know this is going to be an incredible matchup to look forward to for tonight's showing. Joey Janella, the bad boy, taking on the quote-unquote chairman of All Elite Wrestling. Sean Spears, who will be coming to the ring by his new, his current manager at the time, Mister Tully Blanchard, and it's going to be a interesting blend of styles in the matchup between Janella and Sean Spears. Is I imagine that Sean Spenius will take the victory, as George Janela can probably take a loss at this point, since he is a and bit of a household name. I take a few losses here and there, and this be one of them. So that being said, I see George Janela losing to the quote unquote chairman of Oli Wrestling. That's all I'm gonna basically say about that on my mind. Moving on, we will go to the prophesized A-Man on Page pack match oh, I was originally to happen at AEW's Double or Nothing back in May, I believe. And it never came to fruition as there was a press conference beforehand that was built up for this match and it never happened. And then now it's coming to to full gear, no pun intended, uh, with Pat going up against Heyman on Page, And I watched... Uh, Brian Sainz from Wrestling with regret. If you aren't aware of him, uh, Hangman Page, he predicts that Hangman, Hangman Page will win. Honestly, I see Britt Baker now. What the hell am I even talking about? I'm, I'm looking That the notes wrong. That page was Britt Baker, yeah, sure, that's a match, but that's what I was saying. I imagine Pack win this match actually because I have a thing. To think about on my mind for the main event or one of the main events taking place on this show. Well, I imagine Heyman Page wouldn't be totally out of the ordinary. I believe that Pac will be a developing challenger for the AEW World Championship. That's what I have to think about currently on my mind. As we go to the one of the main matches of the pair of you, Chris Jericho defending the the sepion aka the AEW World Championship, against Cody, on this show, where if Cody loses, he must never challenge for the AEW World Championship ever again. You think that I'm gonna fall for that? Yeah, I'm gonna fall. For that, honestly, I see with that with that stipulation, I see Cody winning the AEW World Championship because after that promo and after that stipulation at hand, you think they're gonna have AEW's t- one of the top management lose on the show at full gear? Hmm, I don't know. I don't think so. That's why I think Cody will win the belt against Chris Jericho, and then it'll take it'll be Cody and Pac fighting for the belt, going place between both of these guys at the pay per view, and then we go to the prophesized main event of the show with a non-station lights out match, which is basically empty arena. Where John Moxley will take on Kenny Omega. As this has been, it was originally meant for a match to take place at All Out, but John Moxley was sidelined with an undisclosed injury, so it never happened. So now we're gonna have these two finally fight each other ever since John Moxley's debut at the end of Double or Nothing. Where I see if anybody, Kenny Omega. I'm making a bold prediction here. I'm predicting Kenny Omega will lose against Shawn Boxing. I know that's a big bold prediction since I know they're going to have Omega bounce back from the recent amount of losses taking place for him in All 8 Wrestling. But... John Moxley haven't had a match yet. At least in my mind. I know you probably had a match too on Dynamite, but I haven't watched, so bear with me. I'm talking about a pay-per-view match. And Kim Vegas lost one already at double or nothing. You imagine they had their blow-off match at All Out. He would have won that one. So I see John Moxley. Winning against Kenny Omega in this non-station light out match taking place at the pay-per-view, which will take place tonight on November 9th. So, that is basically it for this episode. Wow, I thought I was going to be finished this early. As I already thought about, time for glory pay-per-view, where it was. I personally rated it as a B plus or between a 3.5 and a 4-star solid rate for the show. I talked about Jeff Hardy's DWI rest, and unknown timetable for a return. And, of course, the new match confirmed for Wrestle Kingdom 14. Randy Orton's unique upper challenge, Carlo's possible return, not sure and my bold predictions for All It Wrestling's full gear pay-per-view that will take place tonight. Well, I thank everybody for listening on this short and brief episode than usual. Where I don't have much to talk about for this episode. <sighs> so, I? I of course, I appreciate everybody listening out for my newest episode after this recording of the episode will be released to the public here on Anchor as well as Spotify and any other outlets of the Anchor app. Speaking of apps, if you haven't already, please download WrestleMino app at once. It's a great community that you can experience for yourself doing blog posts a quiz, a poll, a, a wiki slash favorite, or even talking to wrestling friends you can make up here at Wrestling Amino. It's, it's a great app. You should try it out. If you don't want to stay, at least try it out. It's really good. Believe me, I'm a solid blogger, per se, on the platform. And this is... I cannot wait for to go for episode three in mind because for episode five I have an interesting thing to think about for the episode of the Ruthless Fasten podcast and I thank everybody once again for tuning in to the episode two of the Ruthless Fasten podcast and we'll see you guys next weekend for episode three of this podcast.